Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it, iHeartMedia, Amazon Music. Go ahead and download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review and a bunch of feedback. That stuff does help an awful, awful lot. We are presented by Ken's Auto Detailing, Axe Exotic Pets, Prestwood Golf, the Syracuse Fitness Store, and our great, great friends over at Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. It's a great time to be a Bobcat. Classes are always starting soon. Go ahead and log on to bryantstratton.edu, Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. Two great locations in central New York, uh, Oswego Street in Liverpool, and James Street in Syracuse. The official college of the ML Sports Platter is Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. I'm going to give you my week two NFL recap, and then we will bring in Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet to chat about the first couple of games for the New York Jets, what the future looks like, what he's seen, good, bad, and everything in between from Zach Wilson, the rookie QB for uh, the Jets. But uh, I'm going to give you really my take on, on all the games from week two, uh, as I always do here on the platter, and uh, let's get it really rolling here, uh, just as the games are in order on my screen. Um, I thought, first of all, it was a really great week. I thought there, there were some entertaining games, uh, you know, some terrific, terrific uh, uh, comebacks, uh, awesome storylines. A lot of players who struggled in week one came back with a vengeance in week two, Um you know, teams that were left for dead in week one with overreaction are now back and vice versa. Uh, but let's get it going here, recapping all of the games from week two. Uh, going back to last Thursday in the Washington football team, uh, you know, again, 30-29, to 29, they got terrific performances out of Heineke and McLaurin. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Giants are not going to win football games without an offensive line and without a quarterback. They're just not going to do that. Um, You know, they gave Washington too many second chances. Uh, They were up in this game, you know, 20 to 17 in the fourth quarter, 13 points unanswered for the Washington football team. You you can't win games in this league with the line that the the Giants have. And and I, I understand that in this game, you know, Daniel Jones was able to get out of the pocket. He actually had 95 yards rushing <clears throat> and a touchdown. Um, you know, his efficiency wasn't awful. I mean, he was a 68.4 for rating, a 102.2 for the, or actually the QBR, and then the rating was 102.2. So he actually played an okay game. But there are still times 
where Daniel Jones misses a guy by 10 yards in big spots, and he fumbles a lot. And, uh, you know, not in this game, but he will have the ball get stripped from him, and he is turnover prone. The offensive line, really, for the Giants is just is is a disgrace, and they're they're really they're having a hard time too. You know, tackling on third down and coverage mistakes and all sorts of things going on, and you know Washington has a pretty good football team. They head into Buffalo for Week Three, um, but you know Heineke uh, made a just a sensational plays late in this game, I mean, the pass to McLaurin late, uh, you know, to win it, uh, and, and really had a feel for the pocket, uh, his QBR was brutal, his rating was just under 100, but they have playmakers on the Washington football team, you know, McKissick and McLaurin, the, the, you know, you're able to move people around, if they could ever get, you know, a franchise quarterback, I mean, Washington football team is, is really, they're ready to win now, um, you know, they should have done more in the draft, they should have done more the year before, um, you know, obviously all coming off of the Alex Smith era, but, you know, they've messed around with quarterbacks. You know, they, they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They messed around with Dwayne Haskins. Now Fitz is out. You know, now now you're trying to have Heineke just kind of, you know, put a couple couple Band-Aids on it. So uh, it, it, it's just a situation where I think they're, they're, they're primed and ready to compete, um, but they just need a franchise quarterback for sure, and maybe another weapon or two, right? The offensive line for Washington's pretty good too. But until the Giants get a quarterback and until they get an offensive line, I just cannot take this team seriously. The Bears beat the Bengals 20-17. to uh, Andy Dalton gets a little bit banged up in this one, but the story was Joe Burrow getting absolutely uh, manhandled. Um, three interceptions on three straight passes. The Bears got it done in this game. They did just enough. They shut down Mixon. They shut down Boyd. And they picked off the Bengals uh, in Burrow three times. That was really the story of the game. The Bears are just an ant team, and I think the Bengals right now are just an ant team. I think they're exciting. I think there's a lot. When you watch the Bengals, they make you really, really pumped up because they have young pieces led by Joe Burrow. But... um, you know, this guy's still going to go through some growing pains, and technically you can make the argument that this is really his rookie year because of the injury with the ACL last year. Browns beat the Texans 31-21, a game that Cleveland, you know, obviously had to have. They were fighting with Houston in the first half. Uh, They were tied at halftime, and then Cleveland broke it open with 17 unanswered points, a pretty uh, solid, uh, uh, great game from Nick Chubb. you know, I, I, I've been impressed with him <clears throat> for his entire NFL career. Um, you know, Cleveland obviously had the benefit, they were the beneficiary, you know, of of David Mills, um, you know, having to go into the football. He's just not a quality quarterback. Uh, the Cleveland defense ate the Houston offense for lunch once Terod Taylor went down, um, you know, and it showed. I mean, just look around the you know, just look around the the QB hits and the pressures, and <clears throat> everybody was all over the field. I mean, Miles Garrett was everywhere. Ward was everywhere. Wilson was everywhere. Malcolm Smith was everywhere. Owusu Koromoa, the rookie out of Notre Dame, was everywhere. JDV and Clowney even, uh, you know, had a tackle for a loss and three total and one solo. I mean, he was all over the place. I thought Grant Delpit was all over the place as well. I mean, he had the lone sack for Cleveland uh, in this football game. And, you know, if they can get Grant Delpit going, forget about it. I mean, you know... That's another up front guy, uh, excuse me, 
in the backfield guy of safety who can really do a lot of different things. He can play he can play prevent. He can play man uh, man help. He can play uh, zone. Uh, he's really good against the run. He's a great blitzer. So if they can get Delpit going, you know, you put him back there. Uh, you've got you know Denzel Ward. You have some major players. Greg Newsom the second was taken out of Northwestern in the NFL draft. Their secondary, Cleveland, their secondary, their defense overall is 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 legit. Um, and it was just. You can't, I mean, the Houston Texans, they're one and one, the lone win coming against Jacksonville in week one, but this Texan team's going to lose, you know, 13, 14 games. I mean, they just are. I, I can't imagine them winning more than two games, uh, especially now that you're losing uh, your veteran quarterback who you're hoping can just calm the waters here uh, in Terod Taylor. Uh, I, I just think this Texans, I mean, they're, they're, they're brutal. I mean, wh- what do you do against the Texans? I think you focus in on Mark Ingram and Brandon Cooks, right? That's all you do. Shut them down, and and you win the football game. Cleveland struggled, did not look good, but, again, good second half for the Brownies, and uh, they won the game, and you move on. That's all you do. Rams over the Colts, 27-24. Carson Wentz injures both his ankles in this game. Uh, You know, the, the beat goes on here with him and his injuries. I mean, the guy is just a piece of glass. I mean, he really is. Um, But it was another efficient mechanical, tactical, workman-like game for the Rams offense and Matt Stafford, who was 19-30, 278 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, They balanced it with some solid ground attack uh, plays with Daryl Henderson and company. Uh, Cooper Cup was absolutely spectacular in this game. Uh, He just kept getting loose. He was beating every possible coverage. He was beating it on the outside, inside slot. Uh, He was, you know, goal routes. I mean, he was... He was really fantastic in this game. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, the Rams this week, uh, while Cup and Woods got most of the action as receivers, the Sony Michelle Daryl Henderson Jr. combination could be a real nice one if they split up those carries like they did against that physical Colts defense. I mean, you think about 13 carries for Henderson Jr. and 10 for Michelle. A uh, pretty good, uh, you know, combo and balance there for the L.A. Rams, and uh, we know that the L.A. Rams defense can come to play each and every week, led by one Aaron Donald, who had seven tackles, three of which were solo, and Ty- uh, Taylor Rapp was outstanding in this game. He had half of a sack. Uh, Gaines had half of a sack. Sebastian Joseph Day had a sack. Uh, Floyd had a sack. They were all over the place. Three sacks in total on the Indianapolis Colts, and the Colts are 0-2. And I'll tell you right now, the Colts are in a lot of trouble. And how about the start for the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, yeah, Colts fans must have looked at that schedule and said, if we can just start 1-2 and two out of the gates for the first three games, I'm going to be real happy. Folks, They are their schedule is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, for the first few. Uh, you know, you host Seattle. You host the Rams, you go at Tennessee. Wow. Not even really a break at Miami because that's a solid football team. Then you go at Baltimore. Then you break with Houston. Then you go at San Fran, Tennessee. I mean, that is that is the first month and a half of the season. It's got to be as hard as any schedule in the NFL or harder than all the schedules in the NFL until you get to November. And then you play the Jets in Jacksonville. But then you go right into Buffalo. You play Tampa Bay. I mean, the Colts' schedule is not easy. They got Arizona and Las Vegas at the back end of the 
calendar here. They've got a, a deal with New England in December. Uh, that's a home game for the Colts. You know, go to Foxborough, but you get the point. Their schedule is is really really hard, and what a brutal brutal start to the season. Zero and two, and now they got to face their division nemesis in the Tennessee Titans. So it's going to be a very 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 tough road for the Colts. Plus they're injured. Wentz, the quarterback situation not looking good. Frank Reich, man, what what a challenge he's got with this outfit. The Bills dominate the Miami Dolphins 35 to nothing. I thought the Bills, you know, really overall played a B minus game. Um, you know, I I didn't think that they played uh, great. Uh, their offensive line was better uh, than week one, but Darrell Williams was just eaten alive on several plays on the right side. Uh, Deion Dawkins played well. Feliciano was really good. Uh, Cody Ford, just keep giving him reps, please. I don't know why the Bills keep yanking him out and then back in and out and in and let him play, let him grow. Um, Mitch Morris at center was fine. You know, Josh Allen is not playing great football to start the year, and I just think this has to do with a lot of things. I think it's, I think it's Josh Allen with super high expectations and the Super Bowl picks, all the hype, the big contract. The endorsement deals, QB1, the seltzers, the sauce, the wings, uh, the wing sauce. Uh, you know, you've got also Josh Allen from last year. We know, right, that there's just so much tape in the NFL. Every angle, every throw, every situation, it's all on tape. It's all there to rewind and watch seven million times. And that's exactly what coordinators do on the defensive side, the offensive side, head coaches, every players, everybody's watching tape galore. And I just think that maybe there's some things that Allen, you know, did last year really well that some teams so far uh, have closed on. Um, and while they're closing on things and while they're blitzing and while the Bills have played uh, two very physical defenses in the first two weeks, uh, in kind of, well, Pittsburgh's secondary is pretty good. I don't think it's as good as Miami's, actually, because I think Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are, are that good. Uh, they do have Micah Fitzpatrick, who's an absolute baller. But, you know, I think the front end of the Steelers' defense is stronger than Miami by leaps and bounds. I think the back end of Miami is stronger than Pittsburgh's. Not by leaps and bounds, but it is stronger. So, you know, you, you're, you're facing big-time physical push corners, right, covered push corners, uh, a couple of weeks in a row, uh, more so for Miami, in the Miami game, of course. And then you've got pass rushers galore and T.J. Watt and company. So th this is, you know, Allen, the competition's there. The tape has been watched. Uh, uh, competition's going after you. Um, it is, I would say for sure, a direct correlation with just, you know, a lot of teams giving the Bills now their best game. Um Allen's overthrowing people like crazy, and there is a little erratic Josh Allen there. I mean, he does look a little bit more like 2019 than 2020. Josh Allen, uh, fans are back in the stands, something last year that the Bills didn't have to contend with. All he had to hear was, you know, his his signals, his coaches barking from the sidelines, et cetera, in the defense. I mean, there weren't fans in the stands last year. So, you know, Josh Allen is um, – you know, really struggling right now. But the good news is it's only two weeks. And, you know, he goes home now. He's in the comfort of his own home. Uh, he's, you know, two back-to-back, -back, you know, your back-to-back games with Washington and Houston. Those are games the Bills, I think, will win. They should win them. They should win them by double scores at least. Um, 
albeit against a good defense in Washington, the Texans should come into Buffalo and have no prayer. Um, still plenty of time for Josh Allen, though. Only two weeks in. Again, now he'll have to play the chess piece, right? He'll have to now move the next one on the board uh, against defenses, you know, coming at him, uh, trying to, to stop him um, with things that he did well last year. The Bills got the ground game going uh, quite a bit here in this game as well. I mean, early Devin Singletary gets that burst touchdown for 46 yards. He had 82 yards and a touchdown, 6.3 average on 13 carries. Uh, Josh Allen, 5 for 35. Zach Moss, the baby bull with two touchdowns, grinded down the Dolphins. I thought he was terrific late in the game. A, a little bit of you know some memories there of last year with the 49ers and the Broncos games where he just completely and utterly wore down you know, those respective defenses. Um, and I think it's good that the Bills have a little bit of a ground game going. I'd like to see their passing game uh, obviously improve mightily. Uh, Dawson Knox, really nice game, you know, really nice game. Had a touchdown catch, uh, was was really good at blocking in this game. Uh, Stephon Diggs with the great, great touchdown catch from Josh Allen in the first half, uh, a play in which he fell down, right, and came back, and that's just unbelievable cohesion and unbelievable chemistry and two players knowing each other in terms of Josh Allen, uh, you know, faking the rusher on the right. He blows by him, goes to the right-hand side, buys time, buys time, buys time, waits for digs, cuts across. Allen releases, releases it. He gets popped uh, by by a defender. Might have been the same defender. Um, and, and Diggs gets the touchdown. Just a total comeback play, a total great cohesion play by those two. Uh, four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown for Diggs. Sanders had two catches for 48 yards. Uh, Cole Beasley got in the act a little bit, four catches at 36 yards. Uh, I think Beasley is going to have a lot quieter of a year la than last year. Um, I think he will have a couple of standout games, but I think it's going to be all about how much uh, Diggs and more so Sanders is a deep threat. You know, how much do those guys get, uh, you know, covered and, and dominated, right? Uh, because then it opens up a little bit of the middle for Beasley, and you know there's just not anyone who can kind of keep up with him there uh, in the slot. Uh, you know, you put a corner on him, uh, he can beat you on the route. You put a linebacker on on him, he, he's much faster. Um, you know, the Bills, I think, utilizing the screen game might be a little bit more helpful as well. Uh, in fact, this week against a Washington team that really likes to push up and press the corners with the pass rush led by one Chase Young. I think the Bills, you know, dumping it to, to Singletary, although Singletary has had drop problems in the past, he and Moss both have fumble problems currently. Uh, got to clean those things up. The Bills' penalties, by the way, still got a lot of cleaning up to do there. But the story of this game was clearly the Bills' defense. You know, A.J. Epinesa all over the place. Hyde, White, Russo all over the place. Five total tackles, three solo. Uh, he had a sack. He had two for loss, uh, tackles for a loss. Uh, Dane Jackson came in, you know, when Levi Wallace got hurt, he played a really good game. Uh, and, and perhaps the best defensive game from anybody was Taron Johnson, who has just come into his own, a fourth round pick out of Weber State in 2018, another just absolute slam dunk job uh, by the Buffalo Bills, uh, this current regime, uh, and, and Brandon Bean and, and Sean McDermott. Um, but Taron Johnson, man, four total tackles, three solo, and he did have a sack as well. Zimmer had a sack. Uh, the Bills had five total uh, sacks in this game, and uh, Matt, excuse me, six sacks. Matt Milano had the other one. So Zimmer, Johnson, Milano, Hyde, 
all with one, Greg Rousseau with two, and they knocked Tua Tungabayola out of the game. Hopefully Tua is is okay. He, he is really just a good kid. He really is a nice kid. Um, but it was a Bills defense that shut them down. And the last time the Bills, I believe, had a shutout was back in 2016 against the Patriots, quarterback by none other than Jacoby Brissett, who was the backup in this game. He came in and showed, you know, a couple of little glimpses. He's t- difficult to kind of, you know, he's getting out of the pocket and this and that, but he can't go in there and beat the Bills. He just can't. And by the way, stunningly enough, I thought in this game, even though they only had 145 yards passing total in this game, the the Dolphins, um, I actually thought that there were a lot of pockets that were open, despite the fact that the Bills played a dominating defensive game. I thought there were a lot of plays where it was like, where are the Bills? Where is the coverage? Where is, you know, just those little dink and dunk throws over the middle, you know, to Waddle and Parker and company. Um, and it was a game two in the first half. The Bills were up 14 and nothing, and very similarly to last week, even though it wasn't maybe as good as an opponent as Pittsburgh, you said, man, they're only up 14 points. They don't have, really have anything to show for this. So, uh, but the Bills get it done, 14 nothing. And uh, all you can do is just keep working, keep hoping that you improve. And Josh Allen, obviously, uh, being a big part of that as well. The Bills are one and one. Let's move to the Patriots and the Jets. This was a one-sided affair right from the get-go. Um, I, I just the Patriots' defense overwhelmed, overwhelmed the New York Jets. Um, you know, I think right from right right from the get go, like I said, and um, I think you know, look, Zach Wilson is going to struggle. He's going to struggle. He's going to have a hard time. He's uh, uh, obviously a rookie. He's young, but he's playing against a horrendous offensive line. I mean, there is no, I can't even say one kind thing about the Jets' offensive line. I mean, it they are absolutely positively deplorable and you know the Jets I just from an offensive weapon standpoint I like the rookie Elijah Moore I really do Uh, I thought that was a great pick for the Jets because he's a guy who can really help you big strong physical runs the short runs the long um, played big time football at Ole Miss in the SEC I mean uh, he's only 5'10 I thought he was I thought he was over six feet um, man, he's actually smaller than I thought. 5'10", 178 he's listed at. I thought he was bigger than that. Um, certainly looked bigger, making those big plays in the SEC. But, you know, God, you look at Moore, Rookie, you look at Berrios, Jeff Smith, Michael Carter. I mean, the Jets just don't have offense, uh, offensive weapons here. And the running game, I just, they ran for 152, and it almost seems like they, they're trying to, you know, turn one of these guys into like a Curtis Martin and then run the play action off of him. And I just don't, you know, Zach Wilson, this is a very difficult situation for him to be in. Uh, Mac Jones, meanwhile, typical game for Bill Belichick and crew. They want Mac Jones to throw it no more than 30 times. He threw it 30 on the nose. Um, you know, he was, the QBR wasn't, was, was horrendous. Um, the rating was eh, but that's all they want out of him in order to win football games. He was not great. Was he awful? Yeah, he was a little bit below average. But below average against the Jets can get it done. He needs to be an average or above average to obviously beat really good teams in the NFL. But 
You've got, you know, Damian Harris, who is going to be a factor all year for this club. You know, Sony Michelle was traded for a bag of footballs, and no problem, because they have Harris running well. White obviously got into the end zone as well. Harris had a touchdown. Uh, you know, and then it was just spreading it around. And, and again, like the Bills game, uh, the AFC East wins this week uh, for week two. It was the defensive show, right, with the Patriots and with the Bills. I mean, you look at the what the Patriots did, um, you know, to the Jets, constantly blitzing, constantly harassing Zach Wilson, four sacks total. Uh, and these guys, I mean, this defense is really good. I mean, you know, they got Kyle Duger a couple of years ago. He was somebody who Brandon Bean actually wanted for the Bills, but they're everywhere. I mean, this defense is super suffocating. They can cover. They can play man. They can play zone. Um, Bill Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks for lunch as well. So just a dominating game for the New England Patriots. Not surprised by this result. I think the Jets are going to lose like 13, 14 games this year. I do. Um, New England's going to be good all year. They're going to be good. I think people... People really need to prep for them. Uh, elsewhere, 49ers over the Eagles. I was actually impressed with the 49ers because the Eagles played, albeit against an Atlanta team that has just completely become one of the laughing stocks in the NFL. Um, the Eagles played well in that game. They dominated in that game. And the big story was Jalen Hurts. 49ers go cross country. They only have a 7-3 lead at the half, but it felt like 14. It felt like 21. And then when they won 17-11, to, to, to 11, it felt a lot more than that, right? And so, you know, the Niners, look, they have one of the best teams in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo keeps playing like this. Trey Lance is not going to play this year, right? I mean, I know Garoppolo only had 189 yards and a touchdown, but he was just efficient. And, you know, they've got so many guys to share the ball. I mean, between Debo Samuel and Hasty and Jennings and, um, you know, George Kittle, uh you know, you, you've got a potpourri of players there, and we know their defense is just, I mean, it's suffocating. Another great defense in the NFL. Um, you know, one minute you, you've got Fred Warner and Jimmy Ward tamed, and then Nick Bosa comes through. Nick Bosa had two sacks in this game. He's a beast. Uh, you know, you, you have him controlled maybe for a player or two, and then uh, Lenore comes in. Uh, Tart comes in. Uh, you know, they're just, they've got, you know, Armstead comes in. They just have so many guys, uh, and, and the 49ers are going to be, you know, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with all year. Uh, let's move on to the Raiders and the Steelers. The story in this game was just how awful Big Ben looked and how really, really good Derek Carr was. I mean, there's a superior, there's a, there's a monster gap there. Uh, Big Ben just, this is it. I mean, this is his last year. The O-line is also bad for them. Um, I, mm, Pittsburgh's got some quarterback problems, man. They do. Um, and Derek Carr was was spectacular in this game. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people might forget just how great of a deep ball he throws. Uh, that unbelievable throw to Ruggs, who, by the way, is just really, really playing well right now. I mean, he's the number one go-to for Derek Carr. And, uh, oh, by the way, another Alabama guy. <laughs> the, 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 the imprint that this school has every single place you look, all the positions. You, know, you think about Judy, and you think about Amari Cooper, you think about Julio Jones, you think about the guys last year with Waddle and, and Devontae Smith and company, and now they have a couple of guys who will get picked in the top 15, 20 this year, and Mechie and, and the like, but 
My God, there's there's Henry Ruggs the third. Did, did people forget about this guy? I mean, five catches, one thirteen, and a touchdown. He had the sixty-one yard, but it was just a thing of beauty, um, you know. And, and and I've always liked I've always liked the, uh, you know, the ability of Darren Waller to get open and extend plays, uh, extend uh, the chains rather. And Derek Carr was just he was great. I mean, he was twenty-eight to thirty-seven for three eighty-two and two touchdowns. Uh, you can't ask for more than that. He had a rating of 126.2. He was a 79.3 on the QBR. So this is a Raider team that's right now playing with a bunch of confidence, and they are 2-0. Pittsburgh, meanwhile, major problems with Big Ben. Panthers smoked the Saints. Great win for Carolina in the division. Sam Darnold, terrific again. 300-yard game, couple of touchdowns, and just balance all around that offense. I mean, that's the Joe Brady offense. He wants to get everybody involved. He wants DJ Moore. He wants Christian McCaffrey. Hey, Sam Darnold, we're going to have you throw it 30 to 35 times. In this case, he actually threw it 38. But uh, in most cases, they want to have him in that, you know, not necessarily the Mac Jones neighborhood, but pretty close. Uh, and 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 Darnold was terrific, and he delivered. It's just it's a balanced offensive attack. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Brady gets a head coaching job next year somewhere in college or the NFL. Carolina, 2-0 start. They've been Ultra impressive, and the Saints, after pounding the Packers in week one, go to Carolina and looked like dog poop. Uh, Broncos over the Jaguars 23 to 16. Teddy Bridgewater just keeps humming. Trevor Lawrence was awful, two interceptions in this game. Jacksonville just got killed at the line of scrimmage, and they just got killed on the talent side of things. I mean, there's just, they can't keep up with Cortland Sutton's of the world, you know. Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. I think he's going to be okay in this league, but he's he's not even as good as Teddy Bridgewater by miles. Um, and this is what happens. You know, rookie quarterbacks struggle. Some of them are in better situations than others. Trevor Lawrence is not in a good situation as, uh, at all. Uh, he also has a helter-skelter, uh, moody, weirdo uh, jerk as head coach in Urban Meyer, who I don't think is going to work in the league. I think the sooner Trevor Lawrence gets more consistency and gets more help, um, uh from the coaching staff, I think Trevor Lawrence will succeed. Remember, Troy Aikman was awful as a rookie. Peyton Manning was awful as a rookie. So you got to give these guys time. But that was just a, a complete, and you're going to see it every almost every week with this Jaguars team. They're going to get manhandled at the line. They're going to get manhandled in talent. That's just how it goes. All right, Cardinals against the Vikings in this game. Man alive. Arizona wins it 34-33. to A hell of an effort by the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins, who I can't stand, uh, actually put his team in the right spot. And, you know, kicker misses a field goal. Now, granted, there was a block, a missed block assignment on that. But, um, you know, that was still a, 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 man, a short field goal. You got to feel pretty good getting your team down there. And then they just took a dump all over that uh, field goal. Meanwhile, oh, and by the way, Delvin Cook in a loss, 131 yards on 22 carries. Kyler Murray, can can we say can we say it's him and not Patrick Mahomes as the most exciting player in the NFL? I mean, can we say that? Can we argue that? And this guy is. Must see TV. He threw two picks, but he had the three interceptions, or the three uh, touchdowns, and just the wild pressure that was coming in from the right side. And for him to just turn around, spin, and throw across the body, you know, he's he is a spectacular, impressive talent. Um, he's super small. 
I laughed when people said he wasn't going to succeed in the NFL because Russell Wilson had already set the tone for a smaller quarterback. Kyler Murray's got a major gun, too. Uh, and he's got all kinds of weapons. Give me some of them weapons, man. He's got Rondell Moore. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Christian Kirk. You know, he's got major running backs he can dump it off to uh, out of the backfield. A.J. Green has found himself again. I mean, that guy, three catches, 44 yards, and just a great, great hands on that touchdown catch. Arizona's scary, man. I don't know what they're going to do the rest of the year. You know, last year after the Hal Murray play against the Bills, they absolutely tumbled down the football stairs. Maybe this year they'll be better. They'll learn from that. But this is a scary football team. I don't know as if I trust their defense as a whole. I trust parts, but I don't trust them as a whole. By the way, Chandler Jones, five sacks last week, and this week was a non-factor. He didn't even have a tackle, uh, let alone a sack. J.J. Watt, you know, there's parts of the, the, the team that I do. The parts of the defense, Buda Baker's a stud. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, the youngster out of Clemson, right? He's in his, his second year. Um, the parts of the defense are pretty good. I don't know if I love the whole, and so we'll see if that gets them in trouble. But the Cardinals are just like, you know, all the other teams in their respective division. They are a major player right now, and Kyler Murray is absolutely electric. Meanwhile, Buccaneers against the Falcons. This game was a joke. Tom Brady was spectacular. Five touchdowns and just picked apart the Falcons' defense. Everyone was everywhere. Mike Evans, Larry Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, uh, Godwin. The offensive line was great. Defense mm, gave up 25 points to the Falcons, but 48 points scored by the Buccaneers. Man, I mean, this team's humming right now. They, they are humming. And, you know, usually they give up less points than that, but... The way the offense is going, the defense can play an average game, and the Buccaneers can beat you by three scores. And that's exactly what happened in this game. Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. to I thought one of the more impressive wins of the week. Dallas, uh, they get the 56-yard field goal uh, by Zwarline. Um, and I just thought the Dallas Cowboys kept fighting in this game, you know, which is something you don't really see out of the Dallas Cowboys. But... They did get it done. They were physical with this uh, Charger club, which I think probably was the difference in the game. Handed off to Tony Pollard, man, with the Dallas Cowboys. He had a great game, a 100-yard game and a touchdown. Uh, you know, and, and everybody else was just kind of steady. I thought the Cowboys' defense in this game was actually really, really good. Um, you know, they forced Justin Herbert to throw it 41 times. He had two interceptions. Um, and, and defensively, you just can't say enough about these four guys. Um, you can't say enough about, about Jalen Smith. Leighton Van Der Esch as well was absolutely terrific. Can't say enough about Micah Parsons as well, uh, who had a sack. I think that's his first in the NFL. And uh, is just going to be a star in this league out of Penn State. And the fourth guy is Trevon Diggs. And I don't understand why this guy doesn't get talked about more but he is an absolute beast when it comes to covering wide receivers. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. He's a tremendous tackler. Uh, you know, he, he, he can come up and blitz on you. And he did a, a pretty good job in terms of tackling and slowing things down for the Chargers. You're not going to slow down Keenan Allen across the board. But if, if, if you're going into a game and you tell someone, hey, we're playing Justin Herbert, 41 throws he's going to have. He's only going to complete 31. 
Uh, he's going to have a 100-yard receiver, but, but we're going to get him twice. We're going to pick him twice, and we're going to win the football game. You're going to take that every single time out. I mean, if you only give up 338 yards on 41 attempts by Justin Herbert, who is literally a rocket man in terms of the arm, I, I take that all day. That Dallas defense, the corners did a nice job. But keep on the lookout for those four players I mentioned for the Dallas Cowboys all year uh, because Dallas's defense is a lot better than last year. You can already see it. Last year they were absolutely horrendous. The Titans beat the Seahawks. What a win for Tennessee. They were down at the half 24-9, and then it was the Derrick Henry show. Every possible time you turned around, I had it locked in on the red zone. I flipped around, and then they went to this game. Uh, I think it was the CBS had gone to it. I think it was a CBS. It was at Fox. Um, but it was the Derrick Henry show in the second half. 35 carries for 182 yards and three touchdowns. By the way, I had him in fantasy. And uh, he and Lamar Jackson just completely torched my opponent. Uh, and, and, and that's how fantasy goes. It's such a crapshoot. But Derrick Henry, good Lord, 44 fantasy points. If you had him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 5.2 yards on the uh, average, three touchdowns, 128 yards, by the way, for Julio Jones. He had a very, very good game. And Henry also killed uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks out of the, uh, out of the backfield catching the ball. Uh, he had 55 yards with six catches, so he was really hurting them in, in both spots. I do want to mention, though, in a losing cause, Russell Wilson was still amazing. 343 yards, two touchdowns. The guy just does not throw interceptions, man. I mean, it's really unbelievable. His quarterback rating was 128.8. His QBR was something to be, you know, to, left to be desired. But, uh, you know, was spectacular overall. Tyler Lockett, my God, he's unstoppable right now. Eight catches, 178 yards, and a touchdown. But in a losing cause, those guys were great. And Bobby Wagner, has anybody looked at Bobby Wagner's box score uh, chart? Oh, my goodness, 20 total tackles, 16 of which were solo, and he had a sack in this football game. Man, I mean, you want to talk about a big-time player. He is the undisputed leader of this football team. He's been in the league, what, 9, 10 years now out of Utah State. One of the best linebackers out there, part of the championship Seahawk Legion of Boom. I got news for you. I don't think people are talking about this much, but I would tell you that if you lock in and watch Bobby Wagner on a daily basis, on a game-to-game -game basis, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who says that this guy is not putting together a Hall of Fame career. I'm serious. I think he's starting to put together one of those type of careers at linebacker. He's just been fantastic. Ravens over the Chiefs, probably the most exciting game of the weekend, I think because of the quality of teams, too. I'd probably give you know flip a coin between that one and the game I just was talking about with the Seahawks and the Titans, but I give Lamar Jackson a lot of credit in this game. You know, he had those two horrible interceptions early in the game. Tyran Matthew ran it back for a pick six, and you said to yourself, oh, boy, here we go. Lamar, big game, uh, playing against a great team. He can't beat teams. He can't win on the big stage in the regular season. He can't win big stage in the postseason. And then, voila, the Baltimore Ravens just kept coming. And it was 21-17 at the half. Kansas City outscores him 14-7 in the third, but then – 
Baltimore shuts him down in the fourth quarter. They scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Ravens' D comes up with a big play, stripping Clyde Edwards' Elaire, and uh, you know, and then obviously the big fourth down call was it was huge. Um, you know, with with John Harbaugh running out, that was spectacular, right? Where he asked Lamar if he wanted to go for it. Of course, he did. They went for it, and the Baltimore Ravens win. But Lamar Jackson was uh, he was unstoppable for the most part. I mean, the two picks are what they are, but he had a combined. Uh, let's see, 339 and 7, 346 yards of total offense, and he put it in the end zone three times. You just can't argue with those stats. I think Hollywood Brown is, is a really good receiver. I really do. Uh, I think that once they can get um, some people back, I think this team will be a, a force to be reckoned with. Their defense is still really, really good. It's not the Ed Reed, Ray Lewis type of defense, right, Saragusa and Sam Adams, etc. But it's a really good, formidable football team and uh, on defense. And that was a big win for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, that was a monstrous win for them because, uh, you know, they were down. Lamar did not look good. Uh, they also lost a nail-biter in week one to Vegas. Um, Baltimore was home. They needed this game. They really did. I mean, to go up against the KC Chiefs, the favorite in the NFL, they needed this win. There's no doubt about it. Uh, final game here, Green Bay waxes Detroit. Uh, this game was close at the half. It was 17-14, uh, uh, to 14, Detroit leading. And then that was it for the Lions. They didn't score again in typical Detroit sports fashion. 35-17, to 17, the Packers win 21 points in the second half. And look, let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers was back. Aaron Jones was back. Devontae Adams was back. This Packer team, it's going to be hard to keep them down, man. Rodgers, 22 of 27, four touchdowns, 255 yards. Aaron Jones, 17 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Devontae Adams with eight receptions for 121 yards. This was a really, really great, efficient offensive game for Green Bay. Are they back? I don't know if they're back. I don't think they ever left. They lost week one against a really good team in the Saints. Whatever, right? I mean, it wasn't necessarily a road game per se because of the storms, uh, the hurricane, but it was in Florida. It was in a place they don't, they're not familiar with. Uh, you were coming off the drama of the offseason with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he did quit a little bit. Um, but, you know, even if they played full bore 100% and played a B game, I think they would have lost that game to the Saints because the Saints on that day were humming, just like the Saints weren't humming against the Carolina Panthers in week two, right? So that's the NFL. It's a week-to-week business. And uh, I thought Green Bay was just spectacular on offense, and that is the Packers' offense we know. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer walking straight in uh, to Canton and Aaron Rodgers. They've got the best receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams. So that was a clinic by the Packer offense, and no surprise here that Green Bay came back and won with a vengeance. Um, so there's all of my week two uh, games recapped for you. Before I bring in Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet, I have to hand out my game ball, and that game ball goes to one Derrick Henry. He gets it. How can you not give it to him? Single-handedly put the Titans on his back in the second half. I mean, listen, the Titans were down in this game 24-9. to Very rarely do you say, hey, let's get our running back to bring us back, right? It's like, no, you got to throw the ball and score quickly and, and have your defense get a stop and then get it back and score quickly again. And it, but it was Henry. They just they kept feeding the beast, and he single-handedly turned into a passing attack while running on the ground. He's spectacular. He's amazing. He's the, he, I picked him to win the MVP this year. I picked him to, to rush for 2,000 yards. These are the games why I did that. 
why I took him number one in my fantasy draft as well. 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns, and also six catches with 55 yards through the air. Derrick Henry gets my game ball in week two. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Ken's Auto Detailing, the Syracuse Fitness Store, and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning today with Brian. Make sure you go with Brian, uh, he's at, uh, on, on LinkedIn, he's on Facebook. Uh, our financial future, I'm so happy with what we've got going on. Brian opens up so many new ideas to you, and uh, you can go get him at advisors.massmutual.com. Get your financial future in order today with one Brian Conboy. Coming up next, it's Scott Mason from the Play Like a Jet podcast platform. We're going to talk to him about Zach Wilson and some of the things that have gone on in Jetland. Uh, but first, this. University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I at Bush Gardens Christmastown, rekindle the spirit of holiday traditions for you and your family. Save a refreshing Coca-Cola while you delight in over 10 million twinkling lights and new holiday shows. Cherish the moments as you visit Santa and Rudolph and immerse yourself in a world transformed by the season at the world's most beautiful theme park. The holidays shine brightest at Bush Gardens Christmastown. Select dates through January 2nd. Right now, tickets as low as $39.99. Hurry before prices go up. Restrictions apply. All right, let's bring him in. He's a good pal of mine. He is a terrific podcast host, covers the New York Jets and the NFL. You can go get him on Twitter, at Play Like a Jet, the number one. He's the host and producer of the daily Play Like a Jet podcast and a co-founder of playlikeajet.com, at Play Like a Jet, the number one on Twitter, a must-follow. Uh, let's bring him in, Scott Mason. Scott, buddy, how are you, man? Hey, Mike, what's going on, man? Listen, I'll be honest with you. I've been better. I <laughs> wish I hadn't watched what I watched on Sunday that disaster between the Jets and the New England Patriots. Irony of it being, of course, that almost all of the team played very well, but the one guy that they needed to play well played as poorly as he can play. So other than that, I'm good, but, you know, uh, hopefully he bounces back. Zach Wilson, of course, I'm talking about. Is there anything that you've learned about this team that you didn't think going in after two games? It's hard to say definitively because it's only been two games, like you said, but one thing that I've been very surprised about in a positive way 
is the play of the cornerbacks because I thought that that was going to be the weakest unit on the team. I thought it was arguably the weakest cornerback unit in the league. And at least through the first two weeks, they've played really well. Javelin Gidry, who was an undrafted free agent last year, played a couple of games in the slot. He was very solid in a couple of games that he pitched in for an injured Brian Poole last year. And then when you look at Michael Carter II, who's been the starting slot, uh, he was a fifth-round pick out of Duke. He's played exceptionally well for somebody who was picked there. Bryce Hall last year was a fifth-round pick out of the University of Virginia. He's played like a number-one corner through two games. Again, only two games. And they've gotten really good play out of their rookies, uh, especially Brandon Eccles. So that, that, to me, is the one thing that has surprised me the most. I expected that cornerback group to be terrible, and they've been really strong at least through the first two games. Zach Wilson, uh, he's just up against it, isn't he? I mean, he, he's, he's basically in two games. He's, he's finding out quickly what Sam Darnold had to deal with. Isn't that what we're looking at here? I don't think that that's really what the case was in week two. Week one, he certainly was under pressure a ton. I mean, he got hit ten times and sacked, I think, six times. And the offensive line was terrible. But this past Sunday against the Patriots, honestly, I thought the offensive line for the most part held up well, and they were able to run the ball effectively, which they weren't able to do in week one against Carolina. This game was just really Zach Wilson played poorly. I mean, there were one or two of the interceptions that weren't necessarily his fault, but there were a couple, uh, at least two of them, where you looked and said, oh my goodness, what is he even looking at? And it's just a situation where Robert Salas said it well. Sometimes, and this is something that all rookie quarterbacks are going to go through, especially guys that like to take chances, you've got to be boring when your instinct is to be exciting. So sometimes when you want to throw that 40-yard pass into traffic, it's better to check down to an 8-yard pass for an easy first down, which is something that Mac Jones was doing more of. Now, Mac Jones didn't play great, but he played well enough that the Patriots were able to win the game fairly easily. And you look at Trevor Lawrence right now, and he's suffering from a lot of the same problems that you're seeing involving Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence, if you look at his numbers, they're terrible. His completion percentage is right around 50%. He's thrown five interceptions through two weeks. I just saw Sam Monson from PFF post that he's leading the NFL in passes that were uncatchable. Uh, His quarterback rating is like 57. So it's not just Wilson, but these are the growing pains you see from rookies. You all remember what Josh Allen looked like his rookie year. So Unfortunately, this is going to happen. I wish it hadn't been this bad, but I don't think it's necessarily due to the externalities like it was with Darnold for a lot of the way. Um, yeah, and rookie quarterbacks who are also in Canton struggled. You know, I mean, you know, Peyton right, Manning was Peyton Manning. The situation with Troy Aikman. I mean, there were there were a ton of uh, a, a ton of them. So, wh- what do you? What do you have for me with this coming week with with Denver? Um, God, that's a tough place to play. You got to deal with the air yeah. there, uh, late game, the shadows, the whole deal. Um, well, late for us, early for them, but they still come in uh, late in late in the you know fourth quarter or whatever in, in a one o'clock game for them. What do you have for me? Preview this game. Well, I'll tell you, this is a really tough game, and on paper. 
well before the season started, this is one that I've been saying, was probably the toughest one on the early part of their schedule because I think we can both agree New England is the most beatable they've been in quite a while, at least especially now that the Jets on paper are better than they were last year. They were terrible, even though New England fell for their perch a little bit last year. This year they seem to be more ripe to be picked off. And so I thought New England at home might have been winnable. I thought Carolina certainly on the road was more winnable, but but Denver on the road is tough. Mm. That pass rush is outstanding. They've got real weapons all over the place on offense. Teddy Bridgewater is he is what he is. He's an Alex Smith type. He's not going to destroy you, but he's played really well the first two weeks with what they've asked him to do, and he's obviously not going to hurt Denver by turning the ball over a lot. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He's not that flashy, but he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. So this is going to be really difficult. Zach Wilson's probably going to be under a lot of pressure. Like I said, the offensive line was much better last week against New England Patriots than they were in week one against Carolina where Wilson was getting crushed the whole game. But you have to wonder how they're going to hold up when they're facing a Denver pass rush that's one of the better ones in the league. And obviously Zach Wilson has to do his best to bounce back from what happened this past week, whether that means that Mike LaFleur has a much more conservative game plan or whether it means that Wilson just stops making stupid throws or a combination of both. So I'm not super optimistic about this, Mike. I'd be lying if I said I was. I mean, there's a reason that as we speak, the spread is 11 points in Denver's favor. So... I, I, I think really more what I'm looking for in this game is that the positive trends that we saw from this past week with the defense playing much better than anybody expected and the offensive line improving and the running game getting going, if the Jets can at least get that and Wilson plays significantly better and doesn't make those back-breaking mistakes, even if they don't win and they're competitive, I think that's really a true Jets fan. I know it sounds silly, moral victories and all, but really I think that's what you should be aiming for. A win would be great, and obviously you hope the players are going in there expecting a win. But if you're a fan, I think that that's what you should be looking at is can Wilson get himself back on track and can the positive trends that we saw on Sunday against New England continue? And if they can, then the Jets should at least be competitive. And and if if Wilson can get himself on track and those trends can continue at least most of the way this season, the Chets will at least be the most watchable they've been in a while, which is, again, a moral victory, but a victory nonetheless. So he's not up there with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, etc. But Teddy Bridgewater, he just always finds a spot, and then he always figures something out to help a football team. you know, he's a little bit more than a Band-Aid for sure. He's probably like a whole cast uh, for, for, for some teams. We've seen it repetitively with him. We've seen it with really with either Tyrod or Tyrod, however you want to pronounce it now. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor's kind of done that as well. He's gotten bad breaks. He goes, finds another home. He's classy about it. He doesn't bitch and whine. Uh, he goes in and wins a few games. You know, he's, he's a leader. He doesn't turn the ball over. He just manages the game, as we often will say that. But Bridgewater so far this year has actually been a little bit better than what he's been in past times where he's been a little bit of a savior and a manager and done just enough for a team to at least kind of sniff the playoffs. 
Bridgewater is going to be a problem for this Jets defense, Scott. I, I, how are they going to try to manage him? Yeah, the interesting thing about Teddy Bridgewater is that it's kind of like you said with Tyrod, but in a much different way because obviously Tyrod gives you that element with his legs and Tyrod has a much bigger arm. So Tyrod's strength a lot of times is he can go deep and he can make he extend plays with his legs, but his downfall really is that half the field he doesn't see. So that's why he's a guy that's safe because he's not going to turn the ball over a lot, but he's also not going to lead an offense that's going to score an incredible amount of points. You remember that from when he was in Buffalo, and that's mostly been his trend. Teddy Bridgewater is kind of similar, but in a different way. Teddy makes smart decisions, but like Alex Smith, he's very conservative in his approach. So he doesn't typically go deep that well. He's not a great deep ball thrower. But he's typically very accurate and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And so in that regard, there's a similarity with Tyrod where he's not going to hurt his team all that much. There's just how far can this guy bring an offense. And so with Denver, he's got pretty good playmakers. We'll see what happens with Jerry Judy, but you know he's got a lot of young ascending talent there. And so he's looked really good the first two weeks in this new system. The, the challenge for the Jets is going to be, can they get pressure on him? And can this young quarterback group that I was talking about that's exceeded expectations so far hold up against a pretty solid array of weapons with Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant, uh, so on and so forth. So that really becomes what, what we're looking at this Sunday. Can the Jets limit Teddy Bridgewater to, I guess, those, those quick, safe, completions and nothing more and can they stop those weapons from making big plays on their own after the catch and such if they can do that then i I think they can at least hang around a little bit if not if bridgewater is open able to find guys in space and those guys make plays then as you said it's going to be a big problem and as i said before there's a reason the broncos are 11 point favorites it's because obviously the odds makers who are generally smart to these things are expecting a lot of what I was saying before with Teddy finding some easy completions and guys doing a lot of the work and making some plays after the catch. Final one for you. How about a, a Jets, you know, kind of an injury report here? Is this roster banged up anywhere? Well, the obvious one is Mackay Becton. Right. So right. Mackay Becton is going to be out for eight weeks. He's having the knee surgery. The offensive line looked better in week two without him than they did with him in week one. It doesn't obviously, you know, the causation correlation thing, that doesn't mean the Jets are better without Beckton. It just is one week. Uh, so that's the big one. But you kind of bake that into the cake at this point that he's going to be back no sooner than right after the bye week at the end of October. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner is another one. He's out for the year. So they're kind of mixing and matching at safety right now. As far as coming out of week two, there really hasn't been anything crazy. Brandon Eccles got banged up, but as far as I'm aware, he's supposed to be fine. Jamie and Sherwood, who is the starting will linebacker, he missed this game against the Patriots, but he should be back on Sunday against Denver. And that's really, those are the main ones that you'd be looking at. Jamison Crowder wasn't hurt per se. He was on the COVID list, and then he he was held out for precautionary measures because Robert Salas said his groin was a little tight. Uh, a couple of days before the game, but he should be back unless something crazy happens. So uh, from a health standpoint, 
as I said, you bake in the Becton and LaMarcus Joyner injuries, but uh, based on who they trotted out there uh, this past Sunday against New England, as far as I'm aware, everybody that played in that game should be playing on Sunday with additions of Jamison Crowder, a wide receiver, and Jamie and Sherwood, a linebacker. All right, Scott. Well, this was fantastic. Uh, keep up the great work against Scott Mason. Play like a Jet at Play Like a Jet, the number one, a must follow on Twitter. He is the host and producer of the daily Play Like a Jet uh, podcast. Go download, subscribe to that all over the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts. Scott, appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy the the football the rest of the way. Maybe, maybe for you, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. You too, brother. DML Sports Platter is brought to you by the Syracuse Fitness Store, the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, and your good friend, Matt Graham at State Farm. Ask about their rate drop today and get a free rate quote from Matt Graham. If you're in and around the state of New York, it doesn't matter if you've got the car, the truck, right, the camper, you need you need auto, you need home, you need life, you need business insurance. All happening with Matt Graham, your official insurance agent of the ML Sports Platter. Go get a free rate quote today at SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families and the Allen Angus Pub and Stanley Law Offices. Huge thanks to Scott Mason. My NFL Week 2 picks also thrown at you. Hit me with some feedback on those at Mike L Sports, and I will have uh, my Week 3 picks coming up in the NFL as well. Thanks for listening. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and ML Sports Platter all over Instagram and Facebook, and check out all my videos on the social platforms as well. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Marshalls with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshalls. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshalls. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn the art of filmmaking with Spike Lee or how to bring your creative vision to life with Issa Rae. Try songwriting with Alicia Keys and cooking with Gordon Ramsay. The possibilities are endless. With over 100 world-class instructors ready to teach you, that thing you always wanted to do is closer than you think. Get 15% off your annual membership today at masterclass.com save. That's masterclass.com save. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.